0: Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Hello everyone, I'm Alan Stein Jr. And welcome to season 11 of the Raise Your Game Show. In this season, I sit down with a fascinating group of ex-athletes from a variety of team sports to learn the most valuable skills and impactful lessons they developed on the court, field, ice, and sand. And more importantly how they apply what they've learned to every other area of their life. Joining me today is Mariah Rouser, a former guard for the women's basketball team at Memphis University and VCU, and a current IT specialist for the U.S. government, as well as an assistant girls basketball coach at the nationally renowned St. John's High School in Washington, D.C. Before we dive in, I'm thrilled to announce that my new book, Sustain Your Game, high performance keys to manage stress, avoid stagnation, and beat burnout, is now available for pre order and will launch worldwide on April 12, 2022. Check out sustainyourgamebook.com for more information. And now, on to today's conversation. So Mariah, you you had an exceptional basketball playing career. I mean, you're one of the best players to ever come out of the DMV area, which is a, an area rich in basketball talent, and you had a phenomenal collegiate career uh, both at Memphis and at VCU. And now for the last several years, you've been working in as we call it the real world with an IT job with the government as well as coaching during the evenings. As you kind of look back on on both your career and the work you do now, what would you say are some of the biggest similarities? between what it took to be exceptional on the basketball court and what it takes to be exceptional in what you're doing now?
1: There's a certain level of work ethic, right? In business, you need a resume, right? So you need to have all these types of skills and you know education standards to get that job. In basketball, you need you know skills as well. You need to be able to dribble. You need to be able to shoot. You need to be able to play defense. Um, you need to be able to um, be a leader. Um, so I just think those things cross over between athletics and business. And then also just the aspect of that, there's a bottom line right? So there's a bottom line in business, there's a bottom line in, in sports, and in sports, you know, they want wins, and in business, they want profit, right? So if you are a part of a team, and you can't help that team be successful and, and get wins, you're probably not going to play, right? So, and then same for business, if you're, you know, on a, in a corporation, and you're part of a team, and you're not doing your part, they're going to see money loss in some form or fashion, you connect to that, and, you know, you're not going to be at that job for long. So I just think that all you know, connects in a certain way. And I think that, you know, I learned a lot about business through, through sports. For
0: sure. Uh, looking back on your playing career, what were some of the traits that helped you the most on the court and, and how are you utilizing those specific traits now? I know you mentioned work ethic, which certainly is the foundation. Does anything else jump to mind that that allowed you to be so great on the court and now you're finding very beneficial in the real world?
1: Yeah, I think uh, just a curiosity, a love for the game. I was always watching basketball. My favorite player is Kobe Bryant. So, you know, unfortunately, Lakers played a lot of late games, but I was sneaking the hallway when I was younger and then try to, you know, finish watching the game, um, you know, before before I had to go to bed. But yeah, curiosity, curiosity goes a long way. Sports create some of the best leaders. We just naturally this competitive edge about us we always want to get the job done and then we know how to pull things out of our team members get the best out of them and then also just teamwork teamwork Mm -hmm. is a big one right so teamwork you have to be able to work with different people. you know in business you have to be able to work work with people you know from all walks of life and i've been able to experience that from a young age be able to respect what each person or individual is contributing to the team Uh, i would say also adaptability right so you know, sports, right? Give an example, right? So, if you're playing a basketball game, and the team starts out in a man-to-man press, right? And then they switch to the zone a few possessions later. You know, as a player, you have to be able to adapt and say, "All right, go back." What plays should we be should we be running in the situation? What do we need to do when they jump to a zone from a man? All flows into business as well.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that uh, we're experiencing firsthand that ability to pivot and adapt has been tested over these past two years with the pandemic, with a variety of different guidelines and changes to to all of our lives. Now, you were very fortunate to play at a nationally renowned high school for a nationally renowned coach in a nationally renowned program. So I would imagine you were probably better prepared for the collegiate game than most high school players. But what would you say was the biggest difference between playing in high school and then playing at the major D1 level?
1: Ooh, um the major difference is just from a basketball standpoint, the speed, the strength is was the bigger difference. I, I wouldn't say IQ for me. I, I knew the game very well. Like you said, mm-hmm. played for Jonathan Scribner and you know he really prepared us for that collegiate level. And so, yeah, so for me, it was just really the, the speed and strength. Um, you know, I'm skinny, still am, was skinny back then. So uh, just kind of getting used to the bumps and the bruises and the grind of, of a season took some time. But, you know, I was able to adjust pretty quickly. Unfortunately, I tore my ACL also rather quickly as well. So didn't get too much uh, experience, you know, as a freshman. But, yeah, I would say those two things.
0: Talk to me about that adversity. So you you finally get to fulfill your dream of playing division one basketball and you get there and then you have an ACL injury. So uh, talk to me about the ability to overcome that adversity as well as some of the things I'm sure that you learned having to sit on the sideline. I mean, you're so used to being in the action and playing all of the time, but the game looks very different when you're sitting in the first row of the bleachers instead of being on the court. So, so maybe some of the blessings or silver linings of how that actually helped improve you as as both a player and as a person
1: yeah no so I definitely learned a lot that was my my first major injury like all the other injuries I've ever had was a twisted ankle tying your shoe back up go back out there right that was my first time really getting hurt I never broke anything before nothing nothing serious right so definitely went through a period of just like dang this sucks wanting to be out there actually started off my college career you know starting doing really well um, you know, just that was unfortunate, but it was part of the plan. Going through that and, 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 you know, having to sit on the sideline, I learned a lot about the game, though. Just kind of looking at it from a coach's perspective, definitely focusing on, like, game planning and, and preparing for a game more so. And, yeah, just had to learn other ways to impact the game, um, mm-hmm. help my teammates out as much as possible, just giving them my viewpoint from the sideline and giving them tips on things they can be doing better or what have you. So definitely a tough period of time, but, you know, Definitely uh, helped me grow as a basketball
0: player. And I would imagine you didn't realize it at the time, but now you know how well that served you. Now that you are a coach and you're assisting Coach Scribner with the with the team, the things that you were able to learn then, I'm sure you'll be able to apply now. Uh, and certainly, uh, as we all hope not, but if one of the young ladies you're coaching now were to suffer an ACL injury, you'd be able to mentor and offer a perspective that really no one else can. So uh, I'm sure there was some great value derived from that less than perfect experience.
1: Uh, For sure. And I mean, we definitely had some people, you know, throughout my tenure go through some serious injuries and, you know, I try to be there as best as I can, but everybody has a different experience. Um, You know, you just try to give little tidbits when you can and hopefully they listen. Yeah, (laughs) Um, But uh, if not, then, you know, you're here for them anyway.
0: Now, now many of our, my listeners may not know, but I've known Coach Scribner for a long time. One of the best guys I've ever met, A, a tremendous basketball coach. And you can probably speak to this better than I can a pretty intense individual, uh, a pretty vocal individual that he is going to hold you to the highest standard of excellence possible. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, the entire gym will know about it. Did that style suit you? Well, how was that a big adjustment for you? You know, as a teenager in high school playing for someone that's that vocal and that demanding, or was that, was that actually perfect for you?
1: Um, it was perfect for me because growing up, my dad was my coach. So, you know, I don't know who can be harder on you than a parent coaching you. So, um, going from my dad to coach Scrivener wasn't a big adjustment at all. Actually, coach Scrivener is a lot, finds a lot nicer way to say things actually. So not that my dad was mean or anything. It's just, you know, (laughs) hearing things from your parents is is always different from hearing it from another person. So, you know, coach Scrivener, excellence, right? You know, he's trying to get the best out of you and wants you to be the best player you can. Um, And, you know, I loved it. Definitely appreciate what he did for me. Like I said, went to college with the high level IQ that didn't feel like I had to learn a lot. Um, Definitely was able to just hop on the floor and and, and get to it. So definitely appreciate him for that. And, you know, still rocking with him to this day.
0: I know. And that's, that's so cool. I mean, I think that's I know as a former coach myself, the best compliment you can give a former coach is going back to work with them and work for them. How has your relationship with him uh, matured or changed over that time? Where obviously then you were a teenager playing for him, and now you are a mature adult working alongside him?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, like like you said, I've known him since I was a kid. So, obviously, the dynamic has changed, but now we're, we're kind of we're friends, which is yeah. interesting. So, you know, we just talk about. Life stuff we talk about basketball outside of it is, is different talks now because now it's more from a coaching perspective. Uh we remember this a lot as well because you know those are fun times. Um so yeah, our relationship definitely has matured, definitely more so of a friendship co-worker relationship now, more, more so than a coach coach that, player.
0: That's so cool. Now, do you take it upon yourself to take any players under your wing, especially those that might initially have some difficulty with his coaching style and, and, and holding them to such a high level of accountability. Cause I think for a lot of high school age kids, you know, you were very fortunate to play for your father who held you to that standard. But I think a lot of kids when they get to ninth and 10th grade, I mean, it's like a cold bucket of water on their head. They've never had somebody hold them to that standard. So is that part of your role as an assistant is to kind of take players under your wing and, and show them the ropes?
1: Yeah, it is. And I think the biggest adjustment from AAU to high school is now you're going six days a week. You know, once you get into the the schedule of the season, you're playing, you know, two to three games a week. You know, it's just a grind. And then you got school on top of that. You have extra workouts on top of that. And you just have life, right? So getting them used to that schedule is a big part of why I'm here and, you know, getting them to understand what it takes to get to that next level be part of where I'm here. And yeah, when they don't want to listen to them, I'm also someone who can relay the message in a different way. So, you know, I definitely help in that aspect and I try to take players under my wing as much as possible, not trying to tell them everything, but just trying to give them advice. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to have to make their decisions and, and make their mistakes. And again, I'm here for them as a coach when they do that.
0: I love that leadership style. And I, I know you have such high credibility right off the bat because you've already walked the path that they're hoping to walk through. You know, I know that at that level of a program, uh, most of the girls on the team aspire to play division one basketball. So it's nice that you're able to go back and say, Hey, here's what worked or didn't work for me when I was at St. John's and here's what worked and didn't work for me as I continued to play. So I, I think that is, that is invaluable.
1: Yeah, no, and I agree. I mean, I also can just point mm-hmm. to a Ray player of the year in the, in the trophy case. And then I got, we got a championship that I was there for. So, you know, I got a couple of things I can brag about as well. Say, hey, I do know a little bit.
0: <laughs> yes, you, you most certainly do. You know a lot more than a little bit. Now, uh, looking back, whether it was Coach Scribner or any of the coaches that you played for at Memphis or VCU or, or even maybe something that your father taught you, what are some of the most impactful lessons or specific pieces of advice that you picked up along the way that still help you to this day. They help you in your personal life. They help you with your IT job, with the government, or even help you as a coach now that you're on the other side.
1: One from my dad. He used to say something called uh, it's called five P's, um, and which means uh, proper preparation prevents poor performance. And you know, again, as a kid, that goes through one ear and not the other, right? But you know, that's definitely something that's stuck with me as I've matured and gotten older. I'm a person now. I'm dye my eyes and cross my T's three, four times. I, I like to prepare. I like to be ready. It just brings a, a level of calmness. And and I just feel like uh, I know what I'm talking about, right? So I can go into any situation and be confident, kind of hold my head high and say, hey, I did what I needed to do. I controlled what I can control. That doesn't mean mistakes aren't going to happen. Things can still go wrong. But, you know, I can sit back and be like, hey, I did everything I could do.
0: Yeah. I mean, preparation, it's a controllable factor. So you can, whether you're going into basketball practice or you're heading into your job, you control how prepared you are for either one of those scenarios. I love that. And I certainly love the alliteration of the five P's your dad taught you.
1: So my head coach at Memphis, Melissa McFerrin, she was a real stickler for time, time management, right? So not that my parents didn't teaches that when we're younger but she was just the one where it just it locked in for me uh because we had to run if we were late so so you know she was just like hey 10 minutes 10 minutes early you're on time to this day that's something that's gonna remain remain with me forever I'm early to everything I hate being late I hate starting things on late starting things late excuse me I hate seeing other people late so it's just you know that's one of my things and um like I said that's something I'm gonna carry with me for forever
0: well i feel like time is a uh, is is about respect if you respect the organization you respect the team you respect your coach you respect your coworkers you're going to be on time because it's the most valuable resource that any of us have and you don't want to waste it for yourself and you certainly don't want to waste it for anyone else so yeah those those are are terrific lessons and i i just think it's so cool that you know i consider st john's to be a college level program even though you're working with teenagers So in essence, I mean, you've basically played at three college level programs and gotten to see a wide variety of coaching styles, a wide variety of of lessons and, and advice. If you were to go back to give your own eighth grade self a piece of advice or could do anything differently, what would you do?
1: Don't dwell on, don't dwell on things you can't control. That's just one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the years. You know, one of the things I say is you either one for one or zero for one, right? You either made it, made the shot or missed the shot. You turn it over, you gotta spring back on defense. Mm-hmm. You won the game, great, but you got another game in two days. You got prepared for, right? You can't dwell on things. Life is gonna throw you haymakers. It's it's okay to feel those emotions, but you just can't sit in it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a person who's I I like solutions. I'm solution-based. I definitely take those two days, two, three days where I'm just like, oh, this sucks. This is the worst, whatever. But you got to bounce out of it, figure out a solution, move on, you know, keep walking.
0: Move to that next play, if you will. And that's certainly some advice that can help everybody during the pandemic where haymakers are being thrown at us uh, all of the time. And just when you think it's over and just when you think you've seen the light at the end of the tunnel, something else swoops in and and makes things more difficult. So no, I, I love that that next play mentality. And I, I like that you're either one for one or O oh for one, but either way it's in the rear view mirror. Exactly. Don't let that shot affect your next shot. I mean, that's something I think everybody listening can apply. Last question for you. Is there anything right now that you're reading, watching or listening to that's, that's filling your bucket or you're excited about, whether it's an author or a podcast or anything, what are you doing for your own personal and professional development at present?
1: Honestly, I'm not a book reader at all. <laughs> Okay. Interesting. So um, but I am actually reading a book, uh, Will Smith's book right now. Um, just for just personal. I think, you know,
0: I've heard it's outstanding.
1: Yeah, it's really, really good. So I'm enjoying that. Podcasts, I just listen to comedic stuff, nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing too serious. I think when I'm listening to things, music, podcasts, movies, interviews, anything like that, you know, I try to find the lighter things because I think life is so heavy right now. And you know, sometimes you just gotta laugh and you know let loose a little bit. So yeah, but I watch a lot of interviews. I watch documentaries of people I, you know, I admire maybe. One book I'm reading right now is Will Smith.
0: So. Awesome. Well, you have to keep me posted on how that ends up because I've heard it's phenomenal and I just have so much admiration and respect and reverence for him. He's one of yeah. my all-time favorite people. You know, you're, you're talking about someone that has ascended to the top of his craft, rich and famous beyond belief, but strikes me as incredibly humble, down-to-earth, someone of very high values, and someone that just appears to absolutely love life. Yeah. And it's, it's so refreshing to see. So I, I think we can all we can all learn from uh, the, the former Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know you've got practice to head off to. Uh, this was really fun learning from you and learning more about you and, and really appreciate everything you shared.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for investing your time with us. I hope we helped you raise your game. And if you'd like to sustain your game as well, how's that for a brilliant transition? Check out my new book, Sustain Your Game, high-performance keys to manage stress, avoid stagnation, and beat burnout. It's available for pre-order now and will launch worldwide on April 12, 2022. For more information, check out sustainyourgamebook.com.